But you know what? Whatever. That's okay. That's fine. He just Whatever. called me old. He just looked at me and said, uh, you too old to be called a princess. I never said that. I said... That's is, what I heard. I said, is, does cute have an age limit? Well, look at me. How would you answer that question? Stevie. It obviously doesn't. It obviously <laughs> Good doesn't. Good call. Good answer, Stevie. Oh, Good answer. God, All right. Let's just get, let's just get this done. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Objectively Incorrect. I'm joining the studio with Tony Frederick Armstrong. Hey. Oh, my God. Look, listen, right? Well, should I say Princess Tony? Don't say princess. Don't say princess, okay. The cute Tony Frederick Armstrong. No, you're talking. Oh, there Hi. you go, baby. All right. See, now I've got to do the hay different. i got to do the hay like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Anyway, guys, I've been trying with this young lady for the <laughs> longest time. It's Honestly, been, man. It's been so many weeks um, of trying and trying and trying again. And I think... Was it worth it, Stevie? I think it was... Because I have you here and you are such a good storyteller and you also have so much of your life experiences. It's like the perfect, oh, I guess. Oh, sorry. This is radio. It's audio. I, nobody can see me smiling. I'm smiling. Really broadly, no, by broadly. the way. It's almost like her <laughs> smile is reaching to her ears. It's, it's not freaky though, not like the joker. It's, it's more like, like just cute, like. Yeah, like a but beard. the condenser is kind of blocking my face. Trust me, it's big and freaky. I could see. Okay, I can. <laughs> All right, guys, so um, we have Tony here. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to touch on politics and how we think. How, how is that going to I don't know. Happen? We're going to talk on life experiences, love. I got some of those. Um, love. love. And the fact that Tony is from OA. That's crazy. Cause is I'm that what all road people call it? Yeah, I've been calling How did I from not OR. know that? It's weird. It's 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 so kind of OR? OR. That's kind of cool. Yeah, some come from the yeah. OR movement. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. before I'm the only one in So we do it. Yep. Anyway, so before we start and get into all of that, because Tony is is amazing, we're gonna do a little <laughs> fact of fiction section, and in our fact of fiction section, we're gonna give Tony five statements. And we're gonna ask if she thinks they're true or false, <gasps> and we're gonna see how best she does. And the thing is, okay, I have to close my eyes. No, because I don't want to be distracted. I want to hear the questions properly. And the thing is, all of these are about cats. Oh, I can answer a question or two about cats. Try me. So let's see. Let's go. Number one, cat owners are at a higher risk for heart attacks than non-cat owners. Cat owners are at a higher risk for heart attacks. Fiction! In fact, we're at a much lower risk. That is absolutely 100% correct. It is false. I'm going to live forever. (laughs) <laughs> Owning a cat can reduce the risk of heart attacks and strokes by more than a third, researchers found. So Tony's batting 100 already. Number two, there are over 70 different breeds of cats. There are over 70 different breeds of cats. True, true I think. It's true. As of 2019, the International Cat Association recognizes 71 standardized breeds of cats. I did not know that. So that was a guess? 
No, I just know that there are a lot. A lot, yeah. And, you know, it was such a specific number. I, I, I just it feels I, like I kind of went with that. Yeah. All right, number three. You're, you're doing really well. If you get this, you win your game. <gasps> number three. Cats can't taste sweetness. Cats True. can't taste sweetness. True. Have you done this? Have you looked no, at all no, of no, these no, no, no. I know that because I have cats and that's what I've been told. But I got to tell you something. I don't know that I believe it. Because I have a cat that really loves sweet stuff. Like... He likes carbs, blueberry bagels, not just bagels. But blueberry, blueberry bagels? bagels? Tell me that cat can't taste sweet. Uh, maybe, maybe there's something in the blueberry. No, no, but just generally, he just likes sweet, sweet stuff. Sweet stuff? Actually, mm. he eats everything. Pecan pie, wedge fries. Is this cat your baby? Like, <laughs> directly? <laughs> like, did you give birth to a cat? Because this cat sounds like I it's inheriting. Like oh, yeah. I think that cat is you. That cat is you. All right, but yes, it's true. Cats love meat and their taste buds are tuned to the taste of meat. I don't know why your cat loves pecan pie. He's There's no meat. Because he's Ketisha, man. He loves his cats. He loves his cats. <laughs> You've won the game, but number four. Cats sleep away 50 to 80% of their lives. Cats sleep away 50 to 80% of their lives. True, true, and probably more, as a matter of fact. It's true. Most healthy adult cats sleep away 50% of each day, and some manage to sleep 70% of mm -hmm. the day, which is almost 17 hours. But that's because they move around so much, they use up so much energy when they're awake that their body needs that to recharge. You really know your cats. I know my cat. Oh, man. There is a good joke in there somewhere. That yes. Gonna I was going to say it, but I said, you know what? Let's not <laughs> start off. not that kind of show. Let's not <laughs> start off with that kind of show. <laughs> they say senior cats and kittens can sleep up to 80%. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of day. Yeah. All right. Number, number five, the last one. The longest cat ever measured, 40, the, the longest cat ever measured was 48.5 inches. When fully stretched out. The longest cat ever measured was 48.5 inches. Again, I'm only going to say yes fully because out. it's so specific. And also, Maine Coons get to be enormous. Oh, my God. They're like small dogs, man. They, and they're it's like true. Dogs. It was, was it a Maine Coon? Does it yeah. say it was a Maine it Coon? It says, Stewie, a great tabby Maine Coon. Ta -ta! Do I know record. my cats or what? You know your cats. I know my cats. <laughs> Holds the world. How did you know it's a man coon? Because a great they get tabby. really big and fluffy. And yes, They're holds cool the record for the world's longest domestic cat. His full name is, let me see if I could get this right. My man's Stuart Gilligan. And he measured 48.5 inches long. That's more than four feet long. That is yes, insane. That's a that is a humongous cat. cat. Actually, I got to tell you, I think that would kind of scare me a that's little bit. Too that's too big of a cat. I know, that's pushing lion the territory. Hell? You know what I'm saying? We're getting into jungle cat there. I don't know if I walked into a house, right? <laughs> I saw a cat that, don't get me wrong, I think lions and tigers are cute too, but you know, I'd be afraid. I to don't think them. I want to get too close to a lion. You know, I think I have wanna. you ever seen the baby tigers? But again, I'd be afraid to pet them. Because listen, if my cats are playing and I get a little bit of claw, it hurts. I wouldn't Imagine want a tiger coon or is, a Maine coon. Oh, Jesus. Listen, right? You, you have, have you ever seen those tigers like, like when just before they like they pounce on something on, on and the, the muscles, like they tense up like human beings, like they have biceps. And stuff. Don't I think cats I'm are, not playing no, with no, that. No, no, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> and I wouldn't. And we shouldn't because they're, they're, they're wild animals. Like it's weird. Like I talked to these girls the other day. Um, we do a lot of the promotional work for GMS. So the Rockaway series, the mm -hmm, photographs. Mm -hmm. And before we did the photographs with these girls, we had to, we sat with them, we talked to them, see what they felt about fashion and so on. Mm -hmm. Uh, after it, I was I was just in love with them. They're just so 
different, so interesting. And they were asking me like, so how come we don't see, you know, we are Steven? I said, um, well, I'm not particularly a fan of parties and that's not my thing. She's like, oh, okay, so you don't smoke, drink? No, I don't smoke, I don't drink. Okay, so you're married? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm so not. Those I'm are, not those married. Are mutually exclusive. Like, yeah, it's like, so you, so don't, you don't smoke, drink, and party. Like, yeah, obviously, be I'll be locked down married. I was like, no, I'm not married. Okay, so how much kids do you have? I have. Uh, zero. Isn't that interesting that they assume you have? That's what I meant when I said, but you think people think that's strange because yeah, they will just ask you once you hit a certain age. The assumption is that you do. And it's it's how many do you have? Yeah, it's how many. Not, not if, not you, if have. you have. Yeah. Oh, and don't even ask if you're a woman. That again, the assumption that you must. I don't, by the way. By I choice. Know, but by choice and people really people freak out because yeah, it's like they, that's yeah. against the grain like yeah. people have this they have a limit and there's an age yeah. there's an age where you have to have kids yep it's and like, even when I wasn't even before I was married that mm-hmm. I, I, I taught like I teach no but I taught like 20 years ago to tell you, you know, 30 young yeah I'm so young oh come on <laughs> and right. they would say to me you know Miss Frederick are you, are you married no so do you have kids and again, there's no connection between the two. And again, not being old-fashioned or anything. But I just, I, first of all, I listen, I, um, oh I tip my hat uh-huh. to people who raise children by themselves. This isn't about marriage. Ooh, this is about raising kids. So for me, for starters, that was never going to happen. Not because um, for any particular religious or pious reason or any of those mm. things. Neither of my grandmothers was married to my grandfathers when my parents, they had my mother and my father. So oh, wow. I'm not, I'm not being self-righteous or anything. Mm-hmm. I just, I see my friends and it's really hard. And some of them do it and then they do it again and again and again. And I just, and, and when people say, well, it just happened. I find this just like so in. I, I genuinely do not understand. I can't do it. it. I, I'm sorry. I'm just. Is, I'm hearing so you, many, and I'm saying yes. That's there me. There are so many ways to make sure you don't get. You pregnant, don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, any any. It just happened by accident. It, it's just not an accident. Yeah, it's it just sounds. A, it sounds like an excuse versus um, because I mean, you you are having sex. It's not like a case of. Um, well, you know, I've never done this before, so this is new to me, yeah. and, and I, I didn't I even know you could get if pregnant. When you're young and you're innocent and naive, exactly, that somebody fool, totally somebody takes you down the path. And and I get when you're madly in love with a person and you think this is it, and you yeah. throw caution to the wind. Yeah, I get that too. Once, okay, Once. you got what you have one chance. Right, right. Uh-huh. But, but I suppose you could fall in love four or five or six times and throw. I mean, throwing key to, but you see, throwing key to the wind. Me, especially in this context, yeah. it's it's strange because, like, what what are you? What is your plan? Is it that you want children? Because I have a thing. I don't want children right now. You know, okay. like that's and not it's me. Okay to say that, and that's fine. Like I've seen children. I've seen some of my friends. And it's a and here, it doesn't change it, my mind. No, they don't. <laughs> they the don't. Contrary. You know, one time somebody were like, "This is this is awful. This is straight." I'm like, "But don't they bring you like? It's like yeah. then you but know they're cute. Says, oh, they're amazing, and you've never felt like this. And the parenting uh, thing is wonderful. But let me tell you, right? In retrospect, yeah, yes, perhaps. not in present. I, I got. And the thing is, here's the thing. I'm. I'm great with kids. I, I love being around kids. Oh, come kids on. Your personality, you, you, you would be great with kids. You're animated. And, and they're wonderful. And I teach and I love it. They're my babies, right? Yeah. I love it. But 
24 hours a day. 24 it's hours. It's hard it is for the rest of your life. During your sleeping time. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, though, I, I now have pets that probably take as much of my time and patience as children do. <laughs> but which So that's kind of ironic that it worked out that cats. way. Cats. Cats. Cats for me, but... Um, and I know it sounds selfish and I've been told I was selfish. Um, truthfully, I just, I always, as a teenager, I never thought about marriage and children. You know, I had girlfriends did. who at 15 and 16. Yeah, they were thinking about their marriage. And they had the dread, never, never, ever, ever. No, no, I assumed I would get married and have children, uh-huh. but I never daydreamed about it. It was never... The dream. It was mm. just there in a nebulous sort of way. I, you know, I'd had all this other stuff. Yeah. I had to write a book for sure. You have to write a book. I haven't written him one yet. But, but you have to, to do it. I, I want to see it by Tony. I, I mean, <laughs> You want to see it? What? I want to see a book, you know, by Tony for the thing, the author's thing on the back. You know, oh, there you so go. So I wanted to write a book and I wanted... I wasn't sure it was going to be fiction, though. No, I think it might, might be. be fiction. But, you know, I imagined myself, I'd be doing like lectures. I'm talking like when I was 15, 16. 15 years yeah, old. This was it. I was going to be doing lectures. Uh-huh. And it's it's interesting because at 16, I was in Canada, but I always imagined I'd end up back in the Caribbean because I'd be lecturing on the Caribbean. Uh-huh. And um, so there's definitely that. And, you know, of course, the dream of oh, the first house, the first car. I even thought motorcycle. Motorcycle. I have my motorcycle license. You do? Uh, do, but I haven't ridden one for a very long time. I'd probably crash it in ten seconds. But the point is, I have it. So you ever you ever rode one? Yeah, but what? in Canada, yeah, I never owned one. Never owned one, but just rode one. I dated a guy in Canada who had a motorcycle, and mm. when we broke up, I missed the bike. So you missed the bike. You <laughs> so, didn't miss him. You missed the bike. <laughs> Funnily enough, we 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 befriended each other. We found each other years later, and we're really great friends. And he still rides, uh-huh. and we still laugh about that. But I went and did like the whole you know defensive driving course, which was really cool. And so I I did ride, and I had my license in Canada. But you know, probably I guess you have to renew things. Like yeah, that, you do. You, know? you do. That's where they get the money from. But, it, but for it doing was, nothing. It was very cool. So anyway, so but yeah. that's what you were dreaming about when you were in your the yeah, 15, and yeah, and I just assumed that I would be married and have kids, but it was never the point of the dream, mm. you know. Um, and then I was just always busy doing stuff, and believe me, those years as a journalist, that was twenty four seven. How much? How much years were you in journalism? Fifteen. You were in journalism for fifteen years. Fifteen. And how years. did that start? And I look young and cute. <laughs> that's what do you know? I tell people this. And they don't believe me. I never applied for that job <laughs> at WinFM. I, um, I was working at DeLeo Walwyn as an HR manager. Mm-hmm. But I, I was known for doing voice work. What had happened is one day I was walking through the circus and I saw Roger Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And he used to he produced ads and stuff. Yeah. And he used to get a lot of um, Trinidad people to do the voiceovers mm-hmm. and they always mispronounce Bastet. 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 So I was walking through the circus and I said, Roger, you can't get somebody to do, um, an, to ad. do an ad for you that they, where they can pronounce the name of the, the, the city, city properly. Mm-hmm. And he said, who am I going to get? And as I walked off, I said, oh, I would do it. And I just walked off. <laughs> <I kept> walking. <laughs> and then, uh-huh. and then a, f- a couple of days later, somebody calls it. Oh, you know, from there, can I come and do an ad? And you just go into this little hot little room. Yes. I remember um, that room. I worked Paul with him. Orchard, right? Remember Paul? I remember Paul. There, right? No Paul. Just squeeze into the hot little room. In fact, I remember distinctly, I was in that hot little room with Paul when at 9-11. I remember he was saying, hold on, something's happened. And and we were looking and we didn't know what it was. And I rushed back down to the office. And But I just, sorry, that just, I just wow, got that memory. points in history. Points in history. That's where I was when it happened. But anyway, so I started doing voice work. And then somebody suggested, I think I... 
one year the person who was supposed to MC the opening of Carnival got sick the day. So the Carnival committee called me like the at four day. and said, can you host the opening of Carnival at six? So I started doing little things like that. Mm-hmm. Then there was this new radio station that was opening. And my then boss at Delia Walwin, because Delia Walwin has shares in WinFM, said, mm-hmm. and I used to do radio as a kid back in Montserrat. You did? Radio Antilles. Oh yeah, I grew up in radio. I did my first commercial when I was three. So what? My old boss Ricky scary, uh. knew this because he used to hear me on these teenage programs on Radio Antilles. So you were a superstar from three years old. Well, I don't want to say. Superstar, I don't want to say a stupid, but, but I just want to say a star. I, I did. Well, star. <laughs> I had to say. I remember uh. the the manager, hey Wilsey White. I think he's still alive. Came uh. down. I lived really close to the radio station. In this, they were in action. The same compound. Long story. Hmm. And he came down with his old timey tape recorder and. In sitting in the living room, and I had to say, Mommy, there's no more Colgate. Woo, <laughs> 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 the Colgate girl. Three years old. And That's where you develop the smell. I get it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, there you go. I get it. I prefer Crest, but. Oh, don't even say that. You're, you're destroying your endorsement Sorry. immediately. Sorry, They're going to pull all those ads. <laughs> and, and then I did children's programs and teenage programs. So Ricky remembered me from there. Mm-hmm. And um, so he said, oh, you know, when they get this new radio station, you can go and read news in the evenings because they'll be needing news readers. Because that was how things were done in, in, in media the back then. You know, somebody, even now, no, <laughs> not quite that. But, you know, even now, a lot of the news readers on TV in the evening, not a lot, but it mm-hmm. used to be more so are people who come in to read the news. Yes, but yes. But they have, you know, other Regular, agents, another job, right? yeah. So that was always the talk. And then apparently um, the story goes that, you know, they were getting all sorts of applications for this new radio station. And whenever, I think the then chairman of the board, he said, my name kept coming up. People say, oh, you know, what about Tony Redrick? I'd never met him before. Mm-hmm. And so one day I got a call from him saying, oh, we'd love to talk to you about this new radio station. So in I went, and before I went in, Adrian Lamb uh-huh. said, I, I said to him, oh, Adrian, you have something to do with this radio station. Tell me more. And he said, oh, by the way, you know, it's not a part-time job. They're looking to a full-time, full-time person. So full-time. off I went, and they talked to me, and they convinced me this new radio station would be really exciting. And they wanted, they had already hired Clive Bacchus as the head guy, uh-huh. and they wanted a female as next in command, so to speak. And because um, they liked that balance, that balance, mm-hmm. and they also liked the fact that neither of us, technically, I wasn't from here. I moved here. For, I mean, I was born here, but I grew up in Montserrat. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anybody who was from here because everybody in Saint Kitts is labeled politically. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah. They so said you they be preferred people. Yeah, not that they deliberately sought out, but they preferred to have people who didn't have political or known or political suspected ties. or branded. Of with course, of course. Politics. Because there was already, you know, oh, it's private, it must be opposition. (laughs) Right. So, you know, they had already labeled it an opposition before anybody was even hired. Wow. So, um, so they offered me this job and I thought, oh, great. And then I went back and I thought, what am I doing? Am I crazy? No, 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 no. I'm not going to go work for a new company that could go under tomorrow. And when I'm working for a 150 year old company, nine to five, it's a management job. It's stable. Stable. (laughs) <laughs> so I actually I called and said, never mind, <laughs> to Adrian. Uh-huh. And then, I can't remember, it's a long story, but anyway, I had a chat with a friend and she said one thing and I just thought, oh yeah, I got to do the job. If this time, I'll tell you about the one thing she said. Mm. But there is actually something that was said to me. Say it, what did she say? Okay. <sighs> Nobody is possibly interested in this stuff, Stevie. Come on, tell Nobody me. Interested. Okay. I'm so, following, I'm okay, here. Okay, you're following. Okay. So I, I was torn. What should I do? So mm-hmm. I sat down with another manager. Hi, Bernice. Sat down with another manager. 
uh-huh. who was at the time based in Nevis, had gone over for the day. And I, she said, I said, I, you know, this, it sounds like so much fun, but, uh-huh. you know, stable job, blah, blah, blah. She said, okay, so list the pros and cons mm-hmm. of the job, the jobs, the two options. And, you know, when FM was, well, it's a new thing. You don't know the future, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Everything but the only con I had about Delia Wallowin was that there was no parking and I had to park far away. And I was fit at the time. I was going to, that's the other thing. They paid my gym membership. You should have seen me 15 years ago. Oh, Stevie wouldn't recognize me. I said, the gym. I see pictures of you from Courtesy. The face is similar. Yeah, anyhow. And as you can see where that went, I didn't get my gym membership paid anymore. (laughs) Anyhow, so. so, that so the, was the only, only con, con was that it didn't have good practice. So I said, I said, you know what I love most about my job at Delwell, because I was HR. I said, you know, but I'm helping 107 people because my job was to make sure people were trained Train. and happy doing their jobs and mm-hmm. so on. And she said, but, you know, and she just said it in passing. She said, yeah, but, you know, if you worked in radio, you could be helping 1,007 people. Ooh, that was snap. It. That was it. 100%. That was it. That's all she said. And I just, it just clicked. That was enough of a pro to just... And that, that honestly was it. That was the deciding factor. Let me ask you this. That like, I could help more people. Like, if no you kids. had stayed, like, where do you think... Man, I gotta tell you. Can I let Delia Warren's business out? No, it's probably more money than this anyway. About six years ago, five or six years ago, mm-hmm. I remember somebody telling me that managers at Delia Warren are making like a... A lot of money. A month. Oh my God. Okay. I certainly wasn't making that when I Not in like, journalism. And I've never made no, that. Journal- the thing is, it's funny because when I went, when I was working ZAZ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I went there, um, the manager who was at the TV station, mm-hmm. he was like, well, he wasn't the manager, technical manager. Mm-hmm. He was like, um, do you guys have girlfriends? It was about six of us. He was like, do you, do you guys have girlfriends? Because we really wanted a job. And he's like, um, you're not going to have any any girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this job is going to completely take consume. over your life Absolutely. and it's going to consume it. And at first we laughed because we were young and stupid. Mm-hmm. And eventually he was proven to be 100% correct. Mm-hmm. The job was demanding. You are working whenever there is something. It's not like... Oh, well, you know, I could take these three days off. No, it's like and every you know day. For, for tech people, it's even more so. It's worse. Because, because you, you have to be everywhere. Everywhere at once. But no, in radio, well, at least at WinFM, mm. we were the tech people. So we were the on-air people. We were the research people. And we were the tech people. And the presenters, oh, God. Did it all. That is too much. I, I really... Yeah. And the thing is, I was young and it, it's like, it was this feeling of importance... Because you were providing this thing, like you were the news. This was before social media really took off. This was in mm-hmm. like 2005. Mm-hmm. Nobody really had any Instagram or anything. So the news, you felt like you were doing a public service. And exactly. You took That's so why much I did it for so long. Right, didn't mm-hmm. it? Like, it's like, I am helping people to know what's happening. Some mm-hmm. of these things are really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on, man. The paycheck was awful. The hours were really, really long. And it's only a matter of time before you just get burnt out and you're like, I think I've had enough. I want to do something else. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's that's why. that's. Then why go I to think. work for Roger. And, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, that's its own adjective. Um, but it, it's just better. I don't know, man. Journalism is, I don't know. I, I say do it for five years, do it for... 10 years, whatever, but get it out but your you know, system. S- some people, like my, my old boss used to say, you know, everybody quits, but they usually come back. You know, apparently he did at some point and oh, other man. people do. 
So I, I really think he thought I'd be back by now. I understand yes. our bets were taken. He's very disappointed. <laughs> He's like, you know, I told her that she would, I said she would be back and I don't understand. She's not <laughs> he here. really said that he lied. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. No, he never he, said I that. Know, I'm just thinking. I know, he did. He probably is saying that. But the thing is, some people do go back. And like, I, I talked to one of my friends who went back to work at ZIZ. And I'm like, where are you? Are you back at ZIZ? He's like, mm. But you know, last... Oh, gosh, it was a year before now. <laughs> I mm. forgot we're already in a new year. But toward the end of whatever it was, 2018, mm. I, had a, I was on vacation because I was at the National Trust for a while and I was on vacation. And they needed a morning presenter because I think Purple had left. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Bacchus was away and they just said, oh, we're desperate. We just and need I went somebody. And I did the breakfast show for a couple of days and I did voices one or two days. And you know what? It was, it was like... I hadn't left. It was really easy to do. I mean, people went a little bit crazy. There was the phone. When on voices. It was just for a few days. Don't people tend to go crazy? Well, I can't speak to voices today, but back in our day, um, it was much more of a free for all. Um, when I do listen now, the show is a bit more structured. You often mm. have a guest. Oh, and so I see. you stick, you know, you stick to whatever the, 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 the topic is. The topic is. In the old days, if you had a guest, it was somebody who you brought on to clear up or address some Something. hot thing that was going on. Right, that, no. right. Not just... Shed some light. Right, to shed some light on So something. it was still motivated by It the... was always, at least in the early days, intended to be a caller show, to talk oh. about whatever the hot thing was that was happening, that was happening. No. at that moment. Mm. And there were times when, you know, you might have a guest booked, even on the morning show. I mean, it was really hard to try and make the morning show not another Voices because yeah. it was supposed to be a lighter thing. Uh -huh. But if something really major had gone down, I couldn't be on the air just bopping around and acting like nothing major had gone down. Something happened. But I also had had, there were times when you had a guest booked and something significant had happened and, and you, you had, had to, to cancel just... and you had to be flexible that way. And it was definitely a caller-driven show. Or sometimes you would... And often you would have a topic. Maybe you'd have a little clip of something, yeah. some speech, and try and generate a conversation. But and people, it would go in a whole other direction, and you just had to go with it. I mean, do, does that show... Didn't that show kind of drive you crazy a little? Like It was very stressful to do, especially in the early days. Because um, I tell you, in the early days, remember that up until 2000, when they... The, you know, the, the, the telecoms industry was obliged through mm -hmm. various regional and international um, agreements. Mm -hmm. they, they were obliged to open up the telecoms industry. Okay. There really was only the government radio station, which was controlled by whatever government was in business. Yeah. Like there was, uh, I think, Radio Paradise yes. and then Bonn. And there was a time in the old days when the only way the opposition could get on the air was to go over to Nevis. Oh, like really? In the old days, yeah. yeah. Did not know that. Right. Mm. So it was kind of a big deal when when FM got on the air. And at first, it just kind of went crazy. First, it was nobody was everybody was afraid to call to say it. yeah. And then the floodgates broke, and it was wild because you know there's always a threat of of being sued yeah so your finger was constantly hovering over the bleep button and you had to listen really hard to everything everybody said Oy. and it was it was it but was let me ask really you this because insane. i always wondered could the radio station really be sued for something somebody says absolutely because here's the thing you can have the disclaimers and let's say, you know, you're not responsible. For any... You can have the bleep button. You can drop a call. You can apologize immediately and all those things. But legally, they're still responsible. What happens is in a court of law, 
if the registration can prove they did everything they possibly could, could not have, to allow this. Right. It is rare that, that they would end up following through. But if it was a settlement out of court, and, and, if, and, and often when it's, a pol- when it's political and the person is convinced that, you know, that they can get political mileage, they will still pursue it anyway. Yeah, which takes station. up valuable resources it from does, the radio station. And I mean, we have, I mean, I have been named in, a, in lawsuits. A lawsuit. What? Absolutely. The great Tony Frederick. Yeah, and it was because of something that was Reggie said. said on the air. And oh, yeah, it was quite a. Yeah, and it's funny because the, another radio station had said some a couple or three years ago when they were had gotten in some hot water for broadcasting that they were the only station that had been sued. And it's like, no, when when if I'm sued all oh, the, the time, time, we just don't really make a big deal of it. Of course, because then it would encourage more people to right. do it. That's the well, thing. Exactly. That... And 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 so they and. Often, if you suddenly heard one of him on the air making an apology for something that was broadcast, it's probably because part of some agreement. You know, wow. and I don't know whatever happened, but up to when I left, there was a years long matter with, and it was a case of a public meeting where something was said at a public meeting that was broadcast. And the public meetings, they started then putting news people in the studio to cover the control board to me. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be talking about this, but I am To Right, to, to, pay, to pay attention. Because sometimes you just have like a technician and yeah, just like, on his just phone, like go. Right? So you would have to try and bleep. You had you tried to do the But that sounds so weird. I find I'm sorry, I find that so I find it weird because But again, that was a political thing. So whenever it was political, they would Then it would it would be charged. Right. And you know, you can do all you can to say But they still don't try to get mileage from it. It's like we're suing you because we want this money. Not doing that to say it, but that's the intention. Sometimes they do. They do. Um, I, I was called all sorts of things, and I was labeled just depending on what, what story I covered. That story week. Oh my god! Yeah. That was that was some of the that was there was some really horrible stuff. There was some really and to this day there are little things that stay with me. I, I laugh and say, "Oh, you know what? I'm like the mafia when I go into restaurants and stuff. Mm. I I always sit with my back to the wall. I always face the entrance. It's what? just I don't." don't like people coming up behind me at all. Even though sometimes a friend would do that joking, I'd be in a supermarket and somebody come up and give me a hug and I just stiffen. You just, and oh I have my. to tell myself, don't, don't elbow don't, them. Yeah, don't, I don't, don't react. But my instinct is just to freeze. It's not fun for me because of the things? I've been threatened. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, Tony, you face. couldn't have been threatened. Absolutely. Insane kids. Yep. One time I even got, one time it was even recorded. Um, <laughs> because I was interviewing people about something. Oh, there was this time when they had planted, the, the People's Action Movement had planted some some trees, trees. or something mm. on the Kim Collins Highway for his something. I remember that. Mm. And the government said, no, they had other plans to beautify the highway. Yes. They dug them up and they took them home to Conry Landfills. It was a big palaver. Uh, it was actually quite amusing because they planted nine trees, but they dug up 12, which means they took up some of the other Oh, no! <laughs> anyway, so it was a big drama. It was a big thing. I remember that. It was a that. big drama. Mm-hmm. So I was going around interviewing people. Well, what did you think about what happened? Yeah. That's it. I wasn't putting any spin. I was just saying. I wasn't Tell even me saying the nine, 12 thing. I just saying they planted the trees. They, t- the trees they dug them removed. up. What are your thoughts? And so I was down at the ferry terminal interviewing people and it was an older gentleman that was also the shock because you normally old people yeah, are polite. Very respectful. Mm. You know, we in the old days of you're course, polite. Of course. She took women, they don't be sexist, but and so I said to gentleman, you know, what do you think of it? And he started to answer and he said, and it's very nice, oh on what radio station are you from? So I said, I'm from WinFM. And the man turned and started to abuse me. 
But what it was in those days, Win FM was evil incarnate. It had uh-huh. been dubbed an opposition some, station. Yeah. And some people had never even heard it, but they just decided because they had been told it was bad that it was that bad. That it was bad, yeah. And God bless Earl Clark, um, who was a big government support. He said, but sir, do you know this young lady? He was there. Uh-huh. He said, have you ever heard that? Do you know her? You can't speak. And he sort of came to my defense. But I, the tape recorder was still running. Running, yeah. And I actually went on the air the next day and played it. And then somebody identified the guy. And I, I waffled because you really shouldn't. Usually if you record somebody, you would, you would ask permission. the permission. But I figured I was recording you. I said, hi, I'm interviewing people about so-and-so. So and he knew you... he was being recorded. The mic was in his mouth. So it's mm-hmm. not like I was a secret recording. Mm-hmm. But generally, I would never. Like when I interviewed somebody, even over the phone, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, may I record you? And later on, I learned to say, and may I use your voice on the news? Because one time... I actually recorded somebody. Oh my gosh, stories. I actually recorded. He was the, I can't remember the proper name, but like, say, the director of audit or there's some fancy title mm-hmm. deep in the Ministry of Finance. It's like an untouchable job. Like, I don't think the government can fire him. Really, like, yeah. quiet person. <laughs> and there was some drama with the budget one year during, there was some big mistake in the budget oh my that God. came up during the budget debate. And so I had called him and I said, I'm calling from NFM, you know, I'm doing a, a, an interview. Um, I, and, you know, I said, I'm, 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 if it's okay if I record. And he said yes, but then I started recording. Yes. I've since learned to record and say, may I record, even before I said it. Yes. So I could get them saying that. Mm-hmm. And I, but I did say, which was recorded, while may- I have you on the record, such and such. Yes. Well, I used it on the news, and he was very upset. Livid. And he told, first he told people, I didn't tell him I was going to record him. Then mm. when I had the clip that said, while I have you on the record, he then told people where he didn't know I was going to use his voice. Now, I don't know if that was the for real because talking to or or if he, you know, he was put was back against the wall. God bless him. I don't know the man personally. I don't know what he looks like. I probably walked past him on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did apologize. I did call and apologize because it certainly wasn't my intention yeah, to, to be deceptful, deceptive, deceit, deceitful, deceitful, deceptive, deceitful, deceptive, right? Same thing. And so after that, I was very careful. I'd record and say, may I record you? I'm recording you now. And then I would say, may, may I, I use, use your, your voice? voice? Because I was not going to get, because there's some journalists who don't, but I am not. See, I want people, I wanted people to trust me. Yeah. So I wasn't going to, just for the scoop, record somebody mm. and then get the big and scoop and then nobody ever talk to you again. Because yeah, because then it comes over somebody. like a scandalous thing because you, you, you're, right. you're, it's you like you're get, willfully putting right. me on the You might spot. get the big story, but then you're You will never get a story gone, again. Right. And then you might get a bad reputation, which is terrible for a journalist. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, there's a man who's, who's now passed on. I'm not even going to say his name because he's since passed. I didn't know him well, but he was sort of in you know circles like Rotary and those sorts of things. And I don't know if he was joking, but one day at some cocktail party, he challenged me along those lines. And I said, yes, but I had the recording and I played it. And he looked at me in front of several people and said, yeah, but recordings can be doctored. What, what? And I was so offended, right? I was really, really offended because he was questioning my intention. Yes, he and was. that's all yeah. I had. And I said, I beg your pardon. He said, are you saying I'm lying? And he just laughed. And do you know, I never spoke to that. And he was very highly respected and everybody knew and him, never spoke to him and he was friends with people I knew like in my larger so I walked past him every time I saw him like he didn't exist and then after a few years he died oh no so he went he, did he know that you didn't I think he knew because I 
after a while, at first, I think he would look as though he expected me to acknowledge him. And then after a while, he realized I wasn't he, going to. So he just did the same. And he didn't approach it to say, like, why? But he I'm never not. apologized. And I, but you know what? It's rare. That is one of the Rarest only people that you don't, yeah. That I can think of that. That push you to that level. Yeah, there's no, there's nobody. I mean, even people who said horrible things to me, I get over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time when I wasn't speaking to Mr. Condo. Wow. But we got over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it? He had said something about the media. And interestingly, you know, the, the, the couple of times I've gotten upset, it wasn't even about me personally. It was, I think he had made some sort of remark about General the comment? Yeah, he had told off the media. He was, he was acting prime minister and something had happened and he had told off the media about something. And the, it was about crime. Oh, and no. he was saying that the media needs to look at their, their role in this whole thing because they're always sensationalizing or glamorizing, no, whatever it was. There's something to that effect. No. I started mm. to be corrected about the details, but uh-huh. something to that effect. Did I do? And I was Livid. so upset. And I just, again, I just pretended he didn't exist and then one night one time i was covering the it was i think the prime minister's gala and he was speaking uh-huh. and he had something in his throat his throat was so he kept <coughs> coughing and clearing his throat and nobody was doing anything and i felt really bad and the press was at a table quite close to the front mm-hmm. and i actually had an unopened bottle of water and i gave it to one of the the aides? The aides and said, can you take this up for him? And I never told him it was me, but at that moment I made my peace with him. I realized he was human. Yeah, yeah. And, and the then thing we is, became the best of friends. But you see the thing we is... We were the best of friends before, mind you, eh? Yeah, but it then he said... It wasn't directed at me personally. But you did feel... Media. I felt it mm-hmm. for all media. And then we were best friends afterwards. The thing is, it's and funny... And I don't pass him today without a little hug up and so But I, I, I like him. No, he's cool, he's, he's cool, cool, he's cool, cool, he's a cool, cool guy. Like I said, it wasn't a personal thing. Yeah. But I took it. And one time, the former prime minister also said something about the media. And it was the one time, it was, it was live on the air too. And I got very, because yeah, normally touchy. people saw me like being polite, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was something that had happened. Oh, it was when um, um, Sean Richards and Lindsey Grant, they weren't members. They weren't members at that time. So, so <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. go ahead. So, yeah, yeah, so when, when the no ministers of government, they, were, they weren't at the time. And... I think they had given up their citizenship or something. Yes. Anyway, so the then prime minister was talking about them and he suggested that, oh, maybe they really hadn't done it. And he made some comment like, well, maybe they're fooled off the media, but they haven't fooled me. Oh, well, of no. course, Tony Frederick sitting in the front row in the press conferences back went. <laughs> and so when it came to the questioning, I challenged him about what he said. And, and um, we had a bit of a back and back forth. And I was polite, but I was terse. Yeah, you was. And then oh. after he came up to me and he said, oh, Tony, I seem to have upset you. And I said, well, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I was quite, I was quite ticked about it. I was quite ticked about it. Again, but in retrospect, it was all media stuff. But yeah, but that, that stuff wasn't threatening. But I'd been threatened usually, almost always political. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was some big case going on and walking through the circus and I was threatened. Another time there was something and they had locked up some Pam people and I was down at the police station and they were threatening me. When you said threatened, you're talking about your own physical safety? Yeah, that they were going to stone me. And I remember once I was... Stone you? Yeah. So I think you just kind of ran past that like really quickly. No, no, no. But I'm just saying they call out those sorts of things. And I remember once I was covering the Labour Convention Mm-hmm. and I was coming out of the bathroom in a break, and there were these two women there, and they're like, oh, what, she, she should, somebody should just blow her up. 
I don't know who they were. They didn't say it to me, but they said it about me within my ear range. So, <laughs> and I was the only other person in the room. Let me ask you this, because I think I think a lot of the times, like but by human the way, beings by are the humans. way, that's not that is not an attack on on Labour people. I'm just yeah, saying that that's was what, my experience. That's what happened. At the time, Labour was in government, mm-hmm. and so if you covered anything other than what the government said, if you dared to get the other side, then you were you just like, definitely well, you, must, an, you must be anti. You're an advocate. You're an advocate. I think people were really surprised when I walked off. And I think people thought I was going to go on a platform and that I was this big political figure. And yeah, That's sorry, not it. I'm You're just, just a not, journalist. I was just doing my job. You said something about some kind of that. I think it's, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of the times we hold people to a very impossible standard especially when they are in the public. I'm not saying impossible. I'm not saying don't hold them to a standard because God, they we need should. to, they should be held. You have, no, no, you because have it's one thing when you are asking people to, to elect you, to represent you. It's a whole other thing it's if a you're a level. civil servant. Yes, it's it a is. job, you've applied for a job. But if you are saying, you I have am to going put all to. my trust and faith in you, then yeah, your life is an open book. And I do want to know where you got the money to build a big billion dollar house. Yeah, exactly. It becomes, you, 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 your, your, your level of scrutiny is going to be more because Absolutely. you have more and they shouldn't access. feel aware about it. They shouldn't. And Mind I, you, I don't feel that, that you must invade their Privacy. Privacy. So I remember having a conversation once with a former minister uh-huh. who said he appreciated the fact that I didn't call him after I was at home, unless it was something that was critical and an emergency. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you try to call them at normal hours. Of course. You know, call them at six, again, unless it's something. Oh, three o'clock in the morning. I just see you with a woman. Exactly. You, you know, mm-hmm. or and those sorts of things. But um, do you think, do you think like um, in terms of the, not really political spectrum, but in terms of the people that we elect, do, do we need to be more... Uh, should they be more open about that kind of stuff? Yes. Because, I mean, I, I think a lot of the times we look at them and we don't really, like... I don't know if we see them as role yes. models. Should we be seeing no, them? No, everything I'm about to say is going to be taken as political because political parties always have a position on all of the things that we're talking about. Of course. So whichever position... Your tech is going to be right, charged anyway. Right, so whoever is on the side of the position that I personally, Tony Frederick, hold regardless of where I live in the world... <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it, it's going to be skewed. So this is just my opinion. Green it has nothing to do with Zenkits and Nevis politics. I do believe that politicians should, yes, I do believe there should be integrity in public life um, mm-hmm. legislation. I do believe there should, we should know about their finances. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're in positions of power, um, you have the opportunity, I'm not saying you would, but they have the opportunity to abuse that power. Of course. It is very easy for some big investor who wants to come here to say, listen, I will toss you a little change. I'll give you this, you know, condo in Minsk. Yes. Where is Minsk anyway? Is it- I think it's in Europe. <laughs> I meant specifically. I, I know the know. Europe. I have no clue. I could ask. It's, yeah, it's one of, yeah. <laughs> I really should know that. It's Minsk. No, to know where Minsk is. I could find can, out. Can you look it up? I could I, look it up. I could know, find I it. I'm pretty sure that the, the, the <laughs> listeners already so, did. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, in exchange for, and apparently that's how it works. Uh-huh. It, it, apparently that's how it works. Something for something. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of the times. But if you are using it for personal gain, mm-hmm. you know, to, to enrich yourself personally, then you have a problem. Using your position in, you know, of, of authority and power in this country where people have elected you to represent them and protect their resources. Mm. I have a serious issue with that. 
Me too. Now, we don't have campaign finance laws, which we should, because it makes politicians and parties accountable to the voters for where their money is coming from. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, if anybody is going to donate, and there, there are ways around it, and they found it in the States, but generally it's a check. Yes. So if you're saying anybody who donates more than $50,000, you have to know who those people yes. are. Mm -hmm. Because if you're getting $50,000 from... from uh, TDC, Hosford, exactly. Somewhere. Right. Mm. You are going to know, okay, you're kind of beholden to them. Yes, you are. So mm. if some company that wants to dump nuclear waste on an island in the Caribbean suddenly gives you $100,000 for your campaign, you got to draw to I them. I need to know when I'm voting for you that, that you I have could that be asking. Affiliation. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And so, and I, that's the reason why we ask because we want to know who they're answerable to and who they're beholden to. Mm -hmm. So I think the other thing too is that if there's a limit to how much money these kinds of people can give, mm. I'd like to think there's a limit to how much they can ask in, in return. In return, Because yeah. if I can give you $10 million, well, I can then, ask for a lot. But it, and, 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 it's frankly, so, it, and frankly, it's I, I wouldn't blame them either. Because yeah. if I gave $10 million, I'd want something. Something, something sizable. You're not giving it for nothing. Exactly. But then it also, you see what happens is that when you're electing um, an for somebody for office for, it's for the public, you're mm -hmm. supposed to be a representative, how far along the scale do the people weigh in your decision making when somebody just gave you $10 million? Like, look at it. Like, if we're paying you, I, I, say you're the prime minister, you get $24,000, right? I don't know what they make, but whatever. So they make $24,000 a month. Like, there's no way during your term that you're going to make $10 million. So if this guy is giving you $10 million, this company is giving you $10 million, I know for sure if the push comes to shove and you're going to poison us or... You're going to not poison us because you want to be an orbit. You're going to poison us because that's the $10 million check. Right. That came from that the came from it. But it's even more, it's even, to me, it's even, it's even more than that. Because even in our campaigns, we don't have any structure. I don't know of any structure whatsoever. Where does the money come from for well, these we campaigns? We have no clue. We have, but that's it. Because we don't have we have done it. We have the finance law. Exactly. And when people are in opposition, they talk about those things and then they don't do anything. And then they reach and they realize, because wow, they, we have because, access. Right. Because they, they we need, get on. They need to be able to take advantage of it. So that's a biggie. Uh, I want so I want I want them to declare their assets before and after mm -hmm. because I want to know how you with your little salary had a little house you were still paying for. Yeah. Granted, maybe you were able to pay it off because you didn't have any debts, mm. but we all of a sudden you have properties all over. All over. I need to know. And during your term. Like right. and then the integrity in public life is more of a of a I gather because I can't say that I've ever read it. Antigua passed similar legislation, but essentially you are committing to not um, getting too cozy with shady people. Yeah. I'm really simplifying. Yes, but But it understand. just means that you're kind of answerable for who you jump into bed with. with. Well, it's probably not a Figuratively. Good in the Caribbean, because we're bed jumpers. Uh, we, we are bed jumpers. Kind but of you do. know what I mean. Yes. So, so we want to know. We just want to know who the affiliations are, because a lot of I times do. legislation comes through the process where people think that okay, this is for the betterment of the country, and even supporters would think, well, you ain't looking at it in the right way. We have to do business with these people because yeah, but we really don't. Yeah. If you really think about it, we don't really have to do business with these people. We just right. have to do business with somebody. Some exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's weird. It, it, I don't know, man. Like, and, and the other thing, too, is I do think because the money just pours in, I think just, we've gotten so out of hand with the campaigning. You know, the big concerts and the fireworks and all of this money getting spent when, you know, when we need stuff. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. I think 
I don't know if 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 they play toward the 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 characteristics of the mass public because yeah. I don't think we make enough of a big deal about that. Like but the squandering this cuz we, we don't, don't know where the money. But the thing is we don't care, you know, because we're getting the free fridges and the ham and the and the washing what, the machines and, and whatever else, else we wanted, right? And the land. And unfortunately we are for sale. Kitchens are as a matter of fact they they we, we are we don't even hide it. Well, what's in it for me? Oh, yeah, he gave me a horse. He gave me a land. And, he gave me a vote. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad, but that's how it is. And, and, but you know what the joke is? It's a joke. I don't think if people in this country, because most people in this country are real diehard, whatever they follow, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think anybody's going to switch sides anyway. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pam, people are going to vote for Pam and Labour. People are going to vote Labour. And all the concerts in the world are not going to make people switch sides. So mm. in a way, it's kind of a waste of money. It, it is. But the thing is, they don't see it that way because, you know, it, it's almost Yeah, like, but that's because the voters will, will threaten and, oh, he didn't do anything for me. But they, exactly. you know what? They're still not going to go and vote for the other I side. Think, and I, I don't... You know what I'd, might happen, though? And it's what? happened in the past. Even though, and I must say, props to Labour people, right? Because Labour people will... Vote, they could be vexed with you, but they're gonna vote for you and then sort it out after. afterwards, uh, <laughs> right? But people are more inclined to say, I stay at home, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm gonna, <laughs> but, but it's it's funny. I, I, I think, but even in the politics, my 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 um, I think my my what I see is that we have a culture of party politics. I can't believe we're and, talking about politics, uh, I can't believe either, but here we are. And it's so, so it is very kitchen, but this show doesn't normally delve into it. But we have a culture of party politics. The other day, yesterday I was talking to, I think it's my father, and I was saying that... What do you mean you think it's your father? I think you it's either my father or my sister. Hang on. So you don't know if your father is your father or... Oh, I know my father remember. is my father, but I can't, can't remember. remember because the conversation <laughs> went in so many different directions. Sorry. I don't know if I... English is a funny It's language. funny. <laughs> um, it probably was my sister because we were talking before my dad came home. But I was saying, we were talking and I was like, you have to look at the situation sometimes from the, the position of... Most and all politicians want to be empowered. That's the point. It's not about doing the ethical thing, the right thing. It's not about doing the most effective thing. It's not about doing the most long-lasting, productive thing for the community. It's about being in power. And how long you can stay in in it and keep that power. Because once you have the keys to the country, you have the power. And it's once you have that power, it's not even just about money. It's about the ability to make changes that you want. You could literally craft the future of your nation with your own hands. There's a certain thing that... So I said, they were, they were asking, why is it that some people don't get houses who could afford it and so on? I said, if you think about it, if you're going to spend your life doing your career. Say you're going to spend 20 years investing in your career. You might have a good financial situation at the end of those 20 years. You might not necessarily have children. I'm not saying it's, it's, in, it's for or against. You might have children, might not have. But you might, have ch- you might not have kids. You could afford the house, but you're only one person. If I get somebody who has eight kids and I give them a house and even just, it could be a substandard job, but just better than minimum wage, just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I have the effective change to have eight people coming up under one person that are going to vote for me. Because when that person goes home, what are they saying? They're saying, Pam gave me this job. They're oh saying, Unity gave me this job. They're saying, Labour gave you me this what job. I thought you were going to say? I thought we were going with the good thing. I thought you were going to say, so you'd be helping eight people. No, it's not about... And I, I, the thing, the thing is... Think, but you know what? 
I always Get talk up. to people about this. It's not. It's not about you. You're looking at I it. Wish it was. You, you, you know wish. I do believe. I do believe that at least initially, a lot of people, or used to be, that people did get involved because they wanted to make their country better. Certainly in the old days. Mr. Bradshaw and those guys, it really was about oh, bettering the lives of, of, the, of the, the masses. It's figure based on Exactly. I mean, that was, that was some revolutionary We stuff. don't want to talk about any of these things ever. You know what I'm saying? But that was crazy. And, mm. and it was really, it was really incredible, the things that they did. Um, and, and, you know, we take so much of what happened for granted now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Today, it's as though politics, getting in politics is a... First of all, there's that whole superstar status thing, especially with social media and, like you said, the power and, you know, the international attention that comes with it. And it's... it's, it's, I don't know that it's for the right reasons anymore. And, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to be so bold as to say that none of our politicians care about the people. I don't want to say and, that. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do. And, and the truth is, I, I do get upset when people say, oh, they just want to mash up the country. Nobody mm, wants to mash up their country. At the so. end of the day, it is our country. It is all of our country. You know, even though, <laughs> with that said, somebody once told me of a politician, and I shan't say who they are, this, mm. they're an active politician, mm. who many moons ago said to them, um, sometimes you have to mash up a country to build it back. So there is a mentality that you got to foment palaver, I confusion. I can see that. In order to then come in and save see, the because, And again, Tony, that is exactly <laughs> what I am saying. Because at the end of the day, if there's no crisis, no one needs a savior. Mm-hmm. So you have to, it's like my, my sister, the yeah, other asked what? me the same question. Can I just say then we are the fools? Yeah, well, of course, because we, we believe the narrative. Every we time. believe the narrative. We oh believe the narrative. I, I told my sister, yeah, like. You know, you and I are going to have to leave the country. Oh, man, we probably. But I, I'm, I'm going to stay. I don't know. I, I, I. I don't want to die, but I just said. But I'm saying, like, if you look at it, I told my sister the other day, I said, if you look at, the, look at the situation in totality, if there was no problem, there would be no need for somebody to fix it. If, if, if there were no poor people, there would never be a hope to be rich because the, 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 the dichotomy, the, def, the different levels, the, the, the sparse difference between rich and poor, the rich benefit from it because they could always tell you, they could give you water, take it back. And say, oh, look at what we've done. We've given you water. But you took it. You're the one who is the reason why it's not working properly. Your decisions. But you are also the one stepping in and saying, I am going to save you. You're poor right now, but I am going to give you riches. Whereas if they just didn't stand in the way, you would have riches by yourself. You'll be fine. My cousin, my dear cousin, who shall remain nameless, tells me of listening to a political meeting um, she, she grew up elsewhere, but she's you want a house. And, and she remembers the person on the platform saying, under whatever the administration yeah. was at the time, under this administration, we give you a house, we give you, la- uh, we give you roads, and we run electricity everywhere. And she looked at somebody who was listening and said, yeah, but that's what governments are supposed to do. That's this what is it. Support. You're supposed to build roads. You're supposed and to roads. give electricity to people. <laughs> like... And, the person said to her, um, yeah, but, you know, people like you and me who are offended by that, it's not our vote thereafter. Exactly. 
And this but, um, is, oh man, it is so crazy. I find it to be such a brain drain. It's like they're not like after said, you. Yeah. You think too much. You have too much thoughts. Yeah. They're after the people. And unfortunately, who run. I think we're in a we're in a minority. And you know, and that's the thing. Um, you know, I, I always think, and this is maybe you know the hopeful, positive guy. You know, saying there is a way. I feel like with the age that we are in, it's not so far-fetched to feel like we are heading to a place where we could have people who have real thoughts about real things and question certain motives and, and, and things like that. We are in an age of free information now. People are spreading things, good, bad, all of it. You now have a situation where you don't have to depend on one person to give you information. You don't have to just get information from... Have you seen anybody's mind be changed, though? Um, my mind has changed. Um, oh, okay. I've seen... Yeah, I've seen some people's minds change, yes. Well, I guess in a way what happened with this, the current coalition government did, did mean some people had to change. Yes. They had to adjust. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason why they got through, though, is it's interesting. It's because the parties... That were that make up the coalition kept themselves separate. Mm -hmm. I think if they had gelled into gelled one, gelled into one, it would have become, been enough. Yeah, but they needed in order for their existing supporters to keep supporting them. They need to say, "No, we are still this. this we're still that, and we still represent. Right. We're going to work together. And in fact, because we're from all of these parties, we will make sure that you don't get discriminated. Exactly. Against. At least that was that was that, that was, was what was was said. Mm -hmm. And um. And so they still can't tap their identity. Right. So I don't know really that it took a change. I think the biggest change for for people was that I, I think was seeing um, that some Labour supporters went with um, the two former ministers who crossed the floor. That was Ooh. a big, but is big, it big, but big deal? Not not to crush it, but is it is it such a big deal? Because I think do people. Or does it just remember, does it does remember it, the Pam supporters were there? They were they stood with their Pam people. Of course. But uh -huh. it took diehard Labour people. Yes, yes. But the thing is, did they, that's the thing I'm asking. To, but that's I mean, the thing I'm asking. They were still following their Labour people. They were still following their Labour um, uh, leaders. Leaders. But, but then it, I'm wondering. But you know, but there's still that party that feeling. Of course. But the know? thing is, I think I think what I think it that says, was the biggest. I think to me that would have taken the biggest leap. Yes, okay. it's a leap of faith. But you see, the thing is, what's interesting too is remember that within those jurisdictions, uh, mm -hmm. constituencies, it's not like there was anybody else running. You, you see, you see what I'm saying. Right. Well, so, so a yes, lot of the there were people running for. Yes. No, there Stevie. wasn't people. Nobody not for was running. Pam, but for Labour. Yes, yes, that's right. what I'm saying. It's not to say like there was okay. There were only two candidates candidates in those constituencies. Right. It was either. Normal labor or PLP? Right. Okay, for those two specific constituencies. It's not like Pam put somebody to run there that right. would take votes right. away from. So it's like, it's a situation of... Yeah, but what I'm saying is labor people had to choose yes, of course. between the party and the individual. And the individual. And I think, you know what I think? With all due respect to everything, people connect to an individual. The face of a party, especially in constituencies, is the individual. Yeah, usually... 
Usually, but, but, but in, but in one circumstance, is, in one specific circumstance, the one PLP because there's only one PLP member who right. who was voted for he, sure. For Dr. sure, Harris, yes, right. Dr. Harris. But he won because people loved him and you know, more than back, they loved and when I go back, the party. And when I go back and listen to him on the platform in his labor days, he often referred to Harris. Harris again. It wasn't labor again. Oh, snap. Making it up like long had, time. You know, and it was, he, he was always, but I mean, Dr. Douglas did that as well. Yes, he did. Yes. Um, but I think three and, and um, as, as likable as Mr. Conda is, mm-hmm. um, I think, Three was a was such a labor stronghold. Yeah, yeah, you can. That at the end yeah. of the day, it was party first. I, it would be like that in St. Paul's. Do you mm. understand? Of course, of if, course. I mean, if if Doctor someday when Doctor Douglas retires from politics, never. No, I know. will be ninety years old. <laughs> but I'm just saying, he's going to win anyway. He's going to win anyway. It is alleged, and I don't know if it really happened. I personally have never heard it, mm. so you know it's. 10th hand information yes. mm. that Mr. Bratcher purportedly said that it, I could put a pig, something to the effect I could put a pig to run in, in and tell people to vote for the pig and, and they would vote, vote for the pig, it. something that effect. But it was a diehard people. And I think it's a pride thing too because remember they did have, um, from that constituency, they did have a prime minister. That in itself is, is a certain level. And the level. premier. And and if, exactly. And, yeah. So there's a, there's a legacy of leadership coming yeah. from that and, and, specific And truthfully, be, bearing in mind too that the St. Kitts and Nevis Labour Party was born more or less out of the St. Kitts Trades and Labour, St. Kitts and Nevis yes. Trades and Labour mm-hmm. Union, which, which was... Which is a majority of people, working class working. people. And remember too that, that all of that's the sugar belt. So that whole area was sugar, sugar workers cane, yeah. and... You know, so and they needed representation, and yeah. that was and the Mr. reason. And Mr. Bratcher and those guys that did was, not, they didn't play. They, they really that was didn't. their mandate, and they didn't, they didn't even hold up. They didn't second yeah. guess. They were all mm-hmm. my people, yeah. my people. Yes, yeah. we need better labor laws. You know, and 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 unfortunate, and fortunately, I think they did a lot to kind of not kind of. They did a lot to bring that to the to fruition in terms of representation oh, for absolutely. that class. Ab- absolutely. Without them, I think. You'd still have more of a bigger, like a bigger slave sort of class thing, because that's what they were treating them like anyway. It's not. You see, <laughs> the only reason I'm looking at you like that is because that is a whole conversation by it itself. It is. It is. I and can't yes. say that it's as cut and dry. It wasn't. That. No, it wasn't. But but the point is the unions. Yeah, they did. They did work. For and the what people. later became the um, the Workers League, and what later became the union, and then out of that was born the party. They really fought for Fought. the rights of the workers. Yes. They fought for adult suffrage, for the right for everyone to vote. Yes. Um, well, they and they fought for um, elected representation in in the legislature and so on. I'm talking about going back in the early days. Of course. And so, and, and that's what drove them. I don't think it was ever about money in those. No, was it was just about rights. Yeah. We need to have rights, like yeah. as we need to be. I think it was to, to, to dry, try know, to drive it so everybody's on the same. I don't think people today can even understand that. No, as, because as we take it we for granted. And again, thank you, again to to the, that administration. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the the highest um, uh, used to anyway. I don't know if anybody's since gone higher, but the highest minimum wage yeah, in, in, in the OECS and. A highest literacy rate. Um, we are really high on the um, the Human Development Index. A lot of it is because of our size. Mm. You know, you can 
actually maintain your infrastructure because we're small. Yeah, you can't pave all the island's roads. In Jamaica, by the time you reach to Kingston you from Montego Bay, right, you exactly. Have to um, you can run electricity lines all over the island. Yeah. Again, not like Dominica where you have these rural Humongous areas over all these mountains and a small and, yeah. village and mm -hmm. way over, you know, and those yeah. sorts of things. So, so our it's, size it's almost helps. Not, not viable. Right. So our size does help. Mm -hmm. But we have a really high standard of living in St. Kitts and Nevis compared to a lot of the other OECS countries. And really still think we take it for granted. Let me ask you we this. Complain, but look at we how do. we live. We do. High internet penetration. Yeah. I mean, I teach high school. All of the... Surprise, um, Friday was Mufti Day. Mm -hmm. And these kids had on clothes that were more expensive than mine. Oh, of course. You know, and I was just School thinking, children live better yeah, than us. and you know, they, they do. And all I can think <laughs> of is their, their mothers, you know, and they're buying lunch every day. I don't know where all they can afford I don't know how... I, but I say that to say, but but that's it's the good. expectation. Though, yes, eh? it's the expectation. Though. You know, um, when I was going to school, I was living. A, a, I felt like a better life. You know? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, my parents were just like, yeah. But times paving have, the way. Yeah, but time times are really different. So as much as we complain, mm -hmm. we we really shouldn't. Mind you, a lot of us owe everybody higher purchase. Of course, stuff, but that's another. A lot story. of us have loans outstanding <laughs> and needing to yeah, be because touched. we have to have the we latest. We have to have the iPhone. latest, of course. And two TVs in your house. Well, I have one, and I'm your TV is bigger it. than three people's TVs put together. Oh, stop! So this is just a regular size TV. Tony, what are you saying? What are but you, you see, people? that's the point. By the way, that in St. Kitts, you're absolutely right. That this is, is regular, regular size regular TV in St. Kitts and even like every that day when I see people buying the 52 oh inch, I'm like, well, what about the one you bought last year? Nah, that's that's uh, that's not smart. That's in the children's bedroom. That's the, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hang. That's that's like in the common room. This is for my bedroom. This is for me, sweetie. I have to buy oh something for me. It's it's funny. I I I, I normally and say this. And things bad. A, a what? And things bad. Yeah, right. And things hard. For me, it's just uh, things tough. I can't get the fifty-two inch when I want. I gotta wait till 40. December. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I wanted to ask you something. You you teach. What do you teach now? History. When you teach history, is it on the curriculum to talk about stuff like when it comes to like Bradshaw and you know the yeah, riots well, and all of that? Because um, when I went, it was Columbus, and I really, really... Yeah, we still have to so about Columbus. Oh, man, I'm so pissed. Tony, you don't no, even know. know how pissed I, I am. It's, it's We're still difficult. teaching Columbus? But, you know, I, that's how I felt when I went back after 20 years to teach. But then I thought, can you imagine in 10 or 15 years having a generation of Kittitians who don't know who Columbus was. But the thing is, I, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying... Who don't know that the Europeans colonized us? Who don't know why the Amerindians were wiped out? Because if we didn't teach it, the thing they is, just wouldn't know. Okay, let me, say, let me say it like this because I think I've said it wrong. Let me, let me correct. I understand what you mean. And, and it's, not, it's not like the old days. It's not tons of stuff. But they have to know about Columbus. They have to know about the Renaissance and how Columbus came to be here. They have to know about the Spanish coming in and the wiping out of the Amerindians and then the French and the English coming in and then but the colonization they, and the sugar think, and the Africans and the whole bit. I think what I'm saying is when I went to high school, um, when they were teaching about the Columbus, they didn't teach... About Columbus as if he was a butcher or he was... Ah, that has changed. Okay, great. No, I oh, mind you, you I don't know how every teacher teaches. Mm -hmm. 
But I think most teachers that I'm aware of, we talk about the fact that, you know, Columbus didn't discover anything because these Did people not, were already here. They were here and he killed them uh, all. No, no, we do. And actually okay, textbooks great. talk about the fact that the Spaniards slaughtered the Tainos just for sport. Just for sport. Okay, yeah, great. Because when I was in high school, it was like... You no, know, I know. They had him as a, as a, as like a hero. Like a hero. He was not oh, a hero. No, he was an awful that, guy. No, that, and... no that's, that's definitely, definitely changed. Okay, great. Super. And of course, I... Tell the truth and the truth. And I, and I really carry on about it quite a bit I, I i make sure they they know that and and when we talk about enslavement I, I get very het up and i tell them the whole thing about how and i describe like the horror and the filth of you know the, the slave ships that you could you could smell the slave ships coming there are actual colonial era uh, documents that are written in you know, like journals and stuff that mm. talk about that you could smell the slave ships coming God. before you saw them you know um and I, t- and I tell them, and the kids get very upset, you know, like by then, you know, sometimes they, they had sores on their skin. You know yes. what they used to do? They would rub rust into the sores. You've to got to be kidding. Disguise them before they sold them. Yeah. And I make sure my students understand. And I make sure that they understand how racism today was born out of the fact that black skin became a mark of degradation. And I make sure they understand that Massa still has us enslaved because Massa pitted us against each other. So the ones in the house were made to feel that they were better, better than the than ones, ones in, in the factory who had some skills, who were better than the ones in the field, and so on and so forth. And we're still doing that to each other. Course, and don't even yeah. ask about when the little lights get... Because obviously, if Massa and the white overseer were having children with enslaved women. They'll I don't like the word skin. slave. I use enslaved people. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, I because, understand. you know, mm-hmm. slave is a thing. It's These a were thing. people who These were enslaved. People enslaved. Forcefully. Um, so, exactly. So quite often then those little half, those little mixed race children, mm-hmm. because they were probably the child or the overseer's child, often ended up with the cushy jobs where they were around. And I think too for them, they were maybe less offensive to their eyes to have the little light-skinned yes. ones as your coachman or your mm-hmm. cook or your... You could learn to read because you're, you're lighter skin right. than your, your mother. And, and so even that created colorism even then, mm-hmm. he just as it happened. And then, of course, in the days when on your deathbed, okay, I go, I'm going to free Matilda because she's actually my daughter. I give her a little piece of land. So uh, you had a... a freed mulatto class. You did have some freed mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. but often a lot of mulattoes ended up being freed free. because they were the child of somebody white, mm-hmm. um, a white man usually, um, obviously. And so, and we've taken that, we've taken that with us and we still put each other down and we're still hating on each other. And I still point out to my students that they are still... Um, that Massa still has us enslaved. And, you know, I have students from the DR mm-hmm. who might say things, you know, like asked, what would you change about your life? And one kid was writing it down, and he said, how do you spell color? I said, you change your color. He said, yeah. I said, you want to be white? He said, yeah. I want to be lighter skin. And another one said he would change his nose because his nose is too broad. And they're not even... They're not embarrassed or shy to say it. They're like, yeah. I've had, you know, I've had, it's, it's very much n- noticeable with kids from the Dominican Republic because, you know, they have a whole issue about 
or black. They'll say they yeah. are black, they're Latina and stuff. Latina. Yeah. But and yeah, I've had, I've had. Kids but the Haitian oppression and all of that, the Haitians are usually black. darker. And mm-hmm. So I've they had. differentiate themselves from the Haitians by saying we're lighter than them. Yeah, and I know. And they'll tell you they're not black, even though they're clearly black. I mean, they may light yeah, skin yeah. black. But, but you're yeah. black. So, you're but you know what? We have that problem too because you know our kids are bleaching, uh, or the girls are staying out of the sun, and oh, it's just we we are struggling with who we are. I, I'm happy to say I do believe that we seem to be going through a renaissance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you pardon the use, but renaissance actually just means rebirth. So I like yes. I like the word renaissance. It yes. sounds more sounds more bougie. Isn't it? Yeah. But We're I think a, we are, though, I, I, think, renaissance. I think we are embracing more our African heritage. More. I think we are more proud and holding up our darker skin sisters and brothers. Mm. So many women are going natural yeah. now, which is really awesome. incredible. Again, and I'm not holding anything against the women who want to straighten their hair and put in weaves. You know, do whatever what you do, makes you, you, if you like a look, you like a look. There's nothing wrong with I'll it. I'm not judging. Story. Like two days At ago, all. two days ago, um, Valentine's Day, um, mm. my girl was like, she's gonna. I know it's, but before you go any further, because I really don't want to hear what you call it. Didn't know yeah, you know, don't know enough about her. But <laughs> you I don't. Heard, I heard somebody describe Valentine's Day as overinflated dinner prices day. Yes, it probably is. <laughs> um, it's also overinflated president presents day. Yes. Um, but on, on Valentine's Day, I remember we were having a conversation, and she made a joke. She was like, you know, I'm gonna. She has locks. So I'm like, you know, she said she's going to cut off the locks. I said, no, you can't do that. She said, what do you mean? I can't do it. It's mine. I can do whatever I want. I said, yeah, but no, why you don't cut off your locks? I like locks. I think locks are beautiful. Okay, so <laughs> what do you do then in a situation like that? You know, where, because of course you have, you you must be supportive, but what if you're really attracted to something? You tell I, I would just say, like, I'm not even... The thing is, the, uh, when it comes to relationships, I think it's just all communication. Like, if you don't, if you're attracted to something, just say you're attracted to that. And then, of course, you have to respect the person if they do change. Because yeah. if she cuts her hair, I'm going to love her anyway. It's not a case of... Well, that was not, what I was asking. Yeah, it's not a case of not yeah. loving. It's but just for, a case of preference. Because right. people talk about compromise. And it's different if, for instance, if my husband or before his married boyfriend said, oh, I really love to see you in that color. Mm-hmm. Obviously, especially if we're going out somewhere nice and I want to look extra special, I'm going to wear that color. Yeah. I'm not wearing the color because that's what he insists I wear. It's it just, because you want to be attractive for the person you love. And, it, yes. and if I like the, I mean, if I hated the color, I wouldn't wear it. Like I cannot wear pink. Pink on me would look silly. Come on. I'm a big girl. Can you imagine me in pink? I feel like you're shopping imagine at me. me in I don't know. Pink frills come on pink frills that ah. would be silly that doesn't seem like you're still on well it isn't it yeah. totally isn't mm-hmm. but i'm saying what if what if i was with a man who said i just think pink frills are so sexy and you'd look good in it i gotta tell you i would really have some difficulty with I, that i could i could feel something, I wouldn't something. feel good i prefer something and that's the thing that's 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 all it is you know like wearing clothes is just about confidence it is, like, but if I don't feel good... If you don't feel good, you're okay, not going to... I have the perfect example. My husband loves a full-figured woman, as you can tell. Oh, well. And, and, you know, and he thinks it's wonderful to see, like, a big girl who's wearing that bodycon dress, showing off all the curves and the whirls and the little belly and stuff. He thinks it is sexy. I would die. I am so self-conscious. There's no... I don't even wear close T-shirts. So... It just, 
And he has come to understand that he would love to see it. He would think I would look really sexy, he'd be falling all over me, but I would just be so monumentally uncomfortable. And that, and I think that's an so itself. So I do it at home. Of course. Got some sexy, waxy stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, you home. gotta do what you gotta Tony do. Tony Frederick is not going outside with all these bumps and bulges all over the place. I do think though, when it comes to, when it comes to compromise, compromise is not force. Exactly. And I, I had to learn that over a course of years, but compromise is not force. I cannot. I remember the locks from the picture, by the way, but you took pictures of y'all and I couldn't see her face. So I still don't really? know who she is. I, I took pictures of? I'm sure I saw pictures of y'all, but not her face. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a Of course, time. we'll talk about it. But it's not force. And I had to learn that. Like, for me, I have, if we're going to make a compromise, if I'm going to, she's going to say, Stephen, I love when you have an afro. And I think Afros have my grays on blast, and I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Just uh, not, not not just yet. Like it's a you know compromise of you know you can dye the hair, right? I know you can, but then it looks. I just feel like sometimes it looks weird. You could see when it's dyed. Yes, that is sad. That is real bad. That like I've seen so some sad. terrible jobs. Anything so I've seen them on like celebrities. So I'm like really, so it can't get any better. Did you ever see Jermaine Jackson? Oh my god, it looks like like what was that? Like tar grease. <laughs> is it that you rubbed like six? I don't know what was going on. Man. Six black like tarmac black on your head. Like and it's sometimes like there's a definite line. Does he not have a wife? Like, does he have a stylist? Anybody? A friend? Who so, oh, let him go into the house like that it's and take fun. pictures? And it wasn't once. It wasn't once. Multiple this has been times. going on for years. Years. Years and years yeah, and years. Yeah. And that's like his look now. Yeah. But then I thought about it and I thought, you know what? But you got to give him props for having balls. Yeah, man. He got he got That it. Yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. has confidence. He has confidence. Like you wouldn't believe. Confidence with the, the capital Because he thinks account. that looks good. He and does. He, he just rocks going, it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure somebody has said, like, Jeremy Jackson is like, look, yeah. that ain't look and good. And he's like, he likes it, like so. It. It's mine. It's, it, a, it's like when guys used to be rocking uh, so in the 90s. I love him. I mean, he looks ridiculous, looks ridiculous, but I love him for it. The confidence. You know, in the 90s when these guys used to be wearing these hair curlers, you remember the hair curlers oh, movement? Man. You have to be the most confident man to, to be that. on an interview with hair curlers in your hair. Yeah. I remember Ice-T said... You know, I got to tell you, black men generally are wildly confident, though, you know. Just bravado, eh? Yeah. Like, you know, and sometimes, right, the weirdest looking, no teeth kind of guys. And the in-your-face. Yeah. Tony, I could treat you good, you know. I have to tell you guys a story. <laughs> on the, on the, subway, the subway in Toronto. And I was on the escalator behind this old, after he spoke, I figured Jamaican man, mm. you know, the suit was too big for him and stuff. Oh, and no. Really old, shuffly and stuff, a little bent over, even smelling a little bit of wee, you know, when they get a little old, yeah. they smell a little bit of wee. Mm. And as we got to the top, he didn't step off fast enough. So I just bumped into him gently and I said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. And he looked at me and he smiled his little no teeth and he says, that's all right, dearie. You can bump into me anytime. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you go, daddy. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> that well, confidence you know, is so probably a hundred. at least 90 years it old. It's got to be. And he's like, I can yeah, handle you, 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 you baby. You can bump into me anytime. You can bump into me. Over, of course, of course. You can bump into me anytime. Man, I was so impressed. You can anytime, you know, anytime you want. Man, Just come to Oh, Tony, you almost, you almost get married. You almost get married early, man. But have you been to Toronto recently? You know what? I've never been back to Toronto. Oh, you? 
I, it's just so expensive. I can't justify, even though no, mm. it's actually more expensive to go like to Barbados than Toronto. Oh yes, it is. But what has happened the last couple of years? It, well, aside from the fact that I was really broke mm. for a lot of years, and I'm I'm still not out of the woods, um, but it you know it's it's a lot of money to pick up and and, and just go, go, yeah. and go away. Um, but nearly every couple of years when I think, okay, I can probably afford it. I've had like a family wedding or something, which is not a bad thing, but I have a lot of nieces and nephews who are all about, you know, mm -hmm. that age. And they're actually, getting yeah. married really right. quickly. Yeah. So in April, I've got family reunion. There you really go. Looking forward to. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's a good excuse for everybody to get together. But yeah, so, um, that's just how it's worked out. And the other thing is that all of my Canadian friends come to visit. Like oh. from uh, pretty much from November to April when it's cold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All <laughs> so of them? Not at the same time. But some they <laughs> do come. It's cold and they want to come visit their friend in the Caribbean. So uh, my, my dad had asked me uh, to, yesterday. He was like, you know, do you want to go to, to, to Britain? And I'm like, no. Are you crazy? Like, it's, it's snowing. I, I, like, to go up there now is like to say, I don't like myself. <laughs> I, I've I been actually to, like winter. I, I, let me tell you, right? England cold know. is a different it's kind of cold. Biting. It's biting. It's, it's damp. That's it gets why. In your bones. Yes, and that's why they're so miserable. <laughs> that's why they're so cold. You no, know, and a lot of those older homes don't have like central no, they don't. heating, so it's like the radiator. Yes. So if you're not near the radiator, you're gonna well, die. You I'm die. not doing it. I went to I went to um, the Summertime UK. Summertime is nice though. Summertime. I'm gonna say but this. Then it rains. It it's overcast 98% of the time. But you know what I love about the UK? And, I and still it's still cold. No, no, no. But in I the summer. What, but for me as a historian, right? Mm. The UK is just so... And it's just... I love that you can walk down old cobbled streets in London. Mm. And, you know, if you close your eyes, you could just imagine you hear the clop clop of the horses and... You know, I mean, okay, it's, it's not it's not really my history, and it would have been more like probably not good for my ancestors. Not really but, at all. But um, I they would have hated it. I, the story of just just the history, the mm. world story is just amazing, and I would much rather visit some old city than, than some, some modern, modern thing. fangled thing. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say no if somebody offered me a, yes, a trip of course, to, say to yes. Dubai, uh, just because it looks sort of miss magical almost yeah. but given a choice i would, would go rather to the ancient yeah go to you know i want to i want to go something. to cuba that's 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 my <gasps> me next too. trip i want to go to cuba so me too but again the architecture the history it's, the cars it's the cars all rutabagas <laughs> that you're winding up I, I it's like going to cuba is like going back in time 50 years yeah, i swear I, to god really, with I'd no really wi-fi your phone so is down it's it's gotten a bit better. It's gotten a little Steve. bit better. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, oh no, but somebody but went there lately. It depends on where you Ozell, are. And she she said like, yeah, you, you're not yeah, getting much wifi. No, no, not really. Not. Not. But you know, it depends though. If you stay in like the thing is when you go and stay in a hotel, it's pretty pretty. Of harsh. course, yeah. I don't and but I don't want to stay no, in a no, hotel. Want I want to stay in an old like one of those like buildings that they just painted yeah. but it's still like old, old. And, yeah, and it still has the original wood the and the cracks yeah. in the walls yeah, and yeah. The, the ancient like see you like me 
metal furniture. But also Cuba's place in history is also really, really interesting. Even in the more recent history, 20th century history, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, revolution and everything. It's still... And the Obama and the deal and opening up the tourism and all this stuff. It's, it's, um, I, that's definitely a place I'd like to visit. I, I and you know, some place where I've never visited it, and again, I would love to, uh, uh, for the history and the architecture is Jamaica. 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 Incredible. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm not so talking about going skip. to Kingston. Oh, okay, good. Because <laughs> I am, I am. As soon as I Jamaica, I'm thinking Kingston 14, 15, yeah, that's where 16. I want to go, man. I want to go 15, <laughs> next 16, 17, 18. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, um... If I want a lot of I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I just no, want to live. That's not what I had in mind. I just want to live. And especially if I don't speak, I don't speak Jamaican. It's not like a Jamaican is going to take Jamaican? me. Jamaican? You don't speak Jamaican. Jamaican. You have to be able to speak Jamaican. Me don't speak no Jamaican. <laughs> I talk By like a Gittitian. people think that my English, my standard English sounds kind of Jamaican. What? That when Jamaicans are speaking standard English, they talk like me. Mm, I don't get that. You don't think? No. Not really, no. I've, okay. I've heard you speak a lot. No, this is actually a Mons Russian accent. I grew up there. So you, so, so let me get like a beat on your story before we, because we have to wrap up. But let me get a beat on your Did story. Can we talk about anything that people would be even remotely interested in? Tony, why don't you feel like you're interesting? Why don't you feel like you are an interesting person to hear center? Deep, deep question. <laughs> no, I just... I don't, but you know what? Though, I tell you why people will listen because I, we we are voyeurs. I think we like to listen to two people talking. I think so too. Yeah, we like and to hear conversations. That's that's the only reason why this this show even exists because it doesn't feel. I don't know if it feels like to you, but it doesn't feel like an interview. No, it's just right. it's chat. just two people chatting, chatting and it's yeah. real and I she yeah. and you she and so. Mm -hmm. So you started. So you you were born in Saint Kitts. I was born in Saint Kitts. Uh, and to Kittishan parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and so on. What? You uh, have a whole history Yeah, here? man. I'm, on my mother's side, um, we go back. Um, my mother's people were Godwins, as in Godwin's gut, actually. Oh. And then recently, a cousin of mine, Dr. Kubasaga, you may know him, he passed away. Mm. And he, in his obituary, it had the, traced the family line back to Alexander Hamilton's brother. So Alexander Hamilton what? went off and did all those things uh, and his brother James had a kid who had a kid who had a kid anyway who was like my great 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 somebody uncle history but that that's like the white side okay <laughs> there's, there's not just a white side mm -hmm. but anyway to make a long story short I was born here mm -hmm. um, my father interestingly enough was also born here but his mother when he was a child married a Montserratian had moved to Montserrat and married a Montserratian so she had sent for my dad when he was about five or six, so he mm. grew up in Montserrat mm. and returned as an adult and met and married my mother. When I was a baby, he got a job offer in Montserrat. Okay. And his mother still lived there and his younger brother, because the mother married mm. and had a, a son a with son. the husband. Right. So obviously it was a, you know, he had grown up there, it was home, and so off we went. So I was two when we moved to Montserrat. I knew my parents were Kittishan growing up, but I was probably around six or seven before. I think somebody bothered to tell me I had been born here too. Didn't, didn't think it's, mm. <laughs> so, um, but so Montserrat was home, uh -huh. and St. Kitts was where I came on vacation to visit my grandmother. Did you look forward to it? You, your I grandmother lived in Old Road? That's where my roots are. My mother born and raised in Old Road. Yeah. Why are you so excited? You're from Old because Road? Because I'm from Old Road. Oh, you're not. <laughs> yes. I'm not even be related. Yes. 
Oh my God. Not, I don't know if you're related yeah, but to everybody. Everybody right? in the world probably got in on at some point. Oh my God. Do you think so? I heard my my grandmother was like, you know, like she had a lot of children, a lot of different guys. I don't know if. Well, that's how it went. In those uh, but this is the other thing with these, these older people who were so self righteous. Like my mom's right grandmother, who's really from here. Mm-hmm. Man, when me and my cousin were growing up, if there was a guy even at the bottom of the, 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 the like the, you know, the, the gap talking to us, she'd be huffing and puffing up and down the house. And then we made a little calculation and she had daddy before she was married. She was 16. They were not righteous people. <laughs> they were just, it just when didn't have Facebook. granny was the pillar of the Methodist church when I was born, did not leave the house without a hat on. But boy, she when the, when the hat came off, the hat came off. Okay. But my my grandmother is so weird. Oh my my God, grandmother I had I like nine. My yeah, I know. I love my I love my, I love my granny. But but my grandmother by my father said I think she had like nine or ten children, and only men. two of them I think had the same father. Wow. So it's like yeah, but how did what they do that? Sh- and then they act all holier than and in church. And just and so, yeah. and boy, you gotta go Sunday school. And you can't even talk to a guy. How do they separate those two things? You see, it's it's. We're still doing that, by the way. Exactly, we are. But but it's weird. Like it's just weird. You would think like. Okay, I understand your feelings because, mm-hmm. girl, I had my time. But they never spoke like that. No. There was a clear differentiation. Yeah, your you? grandmother yes. was yeah. not your friend. Yeah. She oh, was not no. your friend. Your uh-huh. grandmother was your grandmother. You had mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. If she said, do this, you do it. You get blows. She don't care. She bang you in public. Oh, no, my, she my, talked my, to my you hard. My old grandmother was fantastic. Oh, she was good? My old, old grandmother was amazing. Oh, really? Everybody loved her. And she had like a shop. And she always used to trust, everybody used to trust everything in that shop, man. What I was your grandmother's her. name? Her name was Miss Alma, they used to call her. Miss Alma. Miss I am Alma. going to do some research. I have to find out. Yeah. She was born Godwin, but her father was Montrashad. He was some Trinidadian guy. Mm. And any old person in old would remember Miss Alma. Do you remember there was a, uh, there was a guy, they used to call him Young Jayuth, Young Blood Jayuth. I think they used to call him. Jayu? He was a, a Rasta guy used to fix motorcycles and he got murdered in his house. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I cousin. remember him. Yeah, he used to have motorcycles on the yeah. main road. That's my cousin. What? Yeah, his dad and my mother were brother and sister and the house that he got killed in his house, my mother was born and raised in. Oh my God. That was my grandmother's house. Next to the house, if you look carefully, you'll see there's a foundation there that yes, used to be the yes. shop. What? Yeah. History. My peeps. You're you dumb to Hollywood, man. You know, that's so... And that's the thing. And it's funny because even though my dad's family was from like somewhere in town, I guess, the Frederick side, um, because Old Road was where I went when I came home. Old Road was home. That's so home. people say, well, what part of Seconds are you from? I was actually born in town. The, the house is still there. If you go straight up from five ways on the left-hand side, there's a house and it still has a sign on it that says Lanka Lodge. It used to be like the nurse's quarters or something. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I was born in that house one fine Monday morning. This is crazy. And there's a pond in the back that's all overgrown that I nearly drowned in when I was a toddler, but that's another story. That's another story for another so, yeah, time. So, I was, so anyway, when I was two, Montserrat. And then Montserrat so for how long? Until you were... Just before my 17th birthday, my mom and I, because my parents had split up by then. And in the 50... I have a much older sister who was born in Canada because my mm. dad had gone to school in Canada to do his master's. And my mother had gone up because they would let the wives work while the people were in university. Mm-hmm. And so she had a... She had my sister when she was up there, okay. which worked out well because she was Canadian. So she was able to go back to Canada. To Canada. Mm-hmm. And then years later, after my parents split up, 
you Mom went. and I were able to go up. So just before my 17th birthday, we migrated to Canada. I became a citizen. And St. Kitts was just a holiday place for me. Did you look forward to it? Did you like it? Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, I did. Because... I thought the boys were really cute. Oh, I mean, there I was you like go. 13 and 14. Yeah. But you know what? You know what? I really remember about Sankit. It's, it's the only, because I mean, I was young. I mean, I remember the shop and it, it was always, you know, like, like lots of cakes chatter. and no, oh, okay. food, food, food of course. Chatter, food in the shop. Yeah, man, you know, chatter in the shop. There was something called a pinchy. There was something, I don't know, a pinchy, some kind of bread thing. Anyway, mm. so there's lots of food in the shop. That's what I remember. Um, the, the, my other recollection of Sankit's coming here as a child was or you know a young teen um was that women used to wear shorts into town because in monstrad it was quite conservative and shorts you wore at home you would never leave your yard in short pants that was just not done break that down <laughs> rebel i remember being scandalized <laughs> that women wore shorts in town yes. yeah that's what i remember <laughs> then, oh tony then, you know, I always had fun when I came back home because, um, again, growing up in Montserrat, there wasn't a lot of stuff of to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I lived in Canada and I came back because it was the, you know, it was the days when Ronnie Rascal was in his early yeah, days yeah, yeah. DJing and Lighthouse <laughs> was open and it was fun. And, and you know what? At that age, though, everything was everything fun. Everything was fun, yeah. <laughs> so it was everything without your parents in it. it was, exactly. And it was just <laughs> at the age, you know, 18, where the parents just Don't let have to you do babysit your own you. Thing. Yeah, man, I had some good times. Um, so that was good. And my brother and his wife used to live here. And she used to teach at Bastyr High, actually. As a matter of fact, my sister-in-law, who's not from here, my mm-hmm. brother is, but she's from St. Lucia. She and Sharon Rattan, I think, and Ju- they started Vivace. Vivace was a name she came up with. Pop, pop, pop. Have you know? I didn't know you were so intertwined. In- Telling you. As a matter of fact, when I wanted to come back to teach, I remember I got an interview. Somebody hooked me up with the then chief education officer, and he was saying, oh, it'd be so nice to have another Frederick back at Bastet High School. And I remember thinking, wow, so she isn't even from here, right? But she was like a door open for me, which was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, and the reason I came back to St. Kitts, now I love St. Kitts, fun and everything. Mm-hmm. I had a little boyfriend in Antigua. And I didn't really want to be presumptuous. My, my mom had passed away and, you know, it was going somewhere. But as in Canada, not practical. Yes. I think it was the early days of, there was this thing called ICQ. It was an early chat program that was bought out by, by Microsoft or something. And mm-hmm. they killed it because it was competing with MSN with Messenger. Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't that easy and phone calls were expensive, expensive. and stuff. But I was pretty, like, taken with this guy. I was, you know, and I used, you know, we'd visit. And so I really wanted to move back to Caribbean, but I thought Antigua would be too presumptuous. Yeah, so you just moved right, to Sink. It's right. the next Montreal thing. was still kind of volatile. It was, you know, yeah. they were having the evacuations Volcano. and stuff. And um, and I thought, oh, well, I was born in St. Kitts. They can't really stop me <laughs> from coming back. And my cousin, who's like a sister to me, had lived here for years because she was married to, is married to Kittishan. Hey, it's their anniversary. They got married 30 years. Anyhow. Congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> and so I came on vacation. And I remember we were standing in walls, then walls, and she was saying, you can't, I said, I hear you can teach here with a degree, like anybody with a degree can teach. She says, Tony, it's just not that easy to get a job with the government. It's who you know. And then 
we were saying this in front of Sandra Berridge, who ran yes. malls. Mm-hmm. And then next day she called and she said, oh, you have an interview with Mr. White. This is <laughs> why I say it's rocks. I was like, okay. This is so why I went, say I went it's to see rocks. Him. I went to see him and that's when he said the thing about Frederick. And he said, well, send me your resume, which I did. He said, and, you know, call me at the end of July because then we'd know what teachers are coming back. Mm-hmm. And if we would need you, yeah. So this is like say February of the year. So I did on July the thirty first. I faxed it down, and um, and I called him, and he said, "If you were here, we could probably use you." And I called my cousin, and she said, "Tony, that's the closest thing you're going to get to a job." Yes, offer. yes, that's the closest. And yes. then she said, "Come home," and that felt really right because my, my mom had passed away like the year before and my whole world really fell yeah, apart, fell apart. Mm. and because home used to be where mommy was right mm. I mean even though I lived I had my own place yeah you know it wasn't the same when you went home you know and you could hear your mother knocking Talking, in the kitchen yeah. and you were watching some stupid show on TV and yeah. you know just you know home is, mom, yeah, yeah. Mommy is right so that home sounded really good and so I did and you never left after never went no. back no, I mean, I've, I've traveled a lot from here. Mm-hmm. I've just, you know, I've been to the States. I've but been this is England, where you, your base France, is. Right. But I've just, I've, yeah, but this is, this is my base. This, and this is where I was born. And I'll tell you another thing that's really cool. Periodically running into people who knew my people. Well, I knew your mother, I knew your grandmother, I knew your, and then you really feel History. connected. So there is a story. Tony Frederick. Same Armstrong. Do you, do you attach the last part all the time? Do you no, say like Tony Armstrong sometimes? I, I still forget. I, I'm still inclined to say Tony Frederick. It's changing now, though, because I teach again, mm-hmm. and the kids just know me as Mrs. Armstrong, which, Ooh. by the way, I think is really cool because yes. there's no connection to Tony Frederick from the radio. They, they're young, so they probably wouldn't they don't have heard have me that on connection. the radio. No, no. And so the ones who do like me, and there are a couple. They're they fresh. just like me. They just know, but they like me because, yeah, I'm just, they just like me. It's not... Mrs. So I'm, yeah, so I got a You're fresh start. You're going incognito and, yeah, now. You get a fresh love, start with these new children. Yeah, huh? and I really like that. And I love it. And I mean, it's it. kids are a lot bolder oh, man, they than they ever were. Man. And some of them are not as respectful <laughs> as we used to have, have to, be to be with adults. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, oh, how can you stand? And I said, man, after hosting Voices and Inside News. You could do anything. You could do anything. You could be an astronaut now. I could. Like, there's nothing that frightens you anymore if you could go through that. I could. Tony! Thank you so much for being on the show, Tony. Thank I really, you very really much. do I appreciate it. It didn't even feel like a show. Oh, it just felt like talking. Yeah. And people said it's all the time. I was like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be real and just cool. You demand, Stevie. Ah, uh, sometimes. Um, guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. I'm your boy, Stephen Smith. As usual, peace. No gang signs, guys. Thank you.